eccentric billionaire. An old house, which is, if I may say so, a little more sinister looking, less innocent than the motel itself. Hello, old sport. You are listening to I Saw It in a Movie, an advice podcast co-hosted by your friendly cinematic pals at Movie John. I am the old sport and classic coroner, Rosalie Kicks, and this is my film pal, the Red Herring, Ryan Silverstein. And each episode, we take a question from our listeners and go to the movies for the answer. So, hey, Ryan, what's shaking? Well, you know, um, continuing to survive uh, in a global pandemic while also working and trying to enjoy movies and not think about movies that I can't watch because they are not out yet. Uh, yeah, that that has been kind of a bummer, I feel, because there were some movies I was looking forward to this year, like Promising Young Woman, and that seems to have just disappeared. And they don't seem to want to respond or answer when it's coming out. Yeah, I, I have a feeling they don't know. Um, right. <laughs> because, you know, it's it's tough because I at least am someone that, you know, before I got into more serious movie watching, like I would say like summer blockbusters are my sort of bread and butter when it comes to movies and the way that I watched movies, you know, when I was growing up and as a teenager, like every summer and then like I would do it every season. But like when the Entertainment Weekly like summer preview issue when it came out, I would like go through the movie section and like write down and like make a schedule of all the movies, like when they were coming out, which ones I wanted to see. And so like, I am a person that uses the release of movies to sort of mark the time and like keep track of the year. And I think that's part of why I feel like we're just in like month three of hot March. (laughs) Yeah. It just, I I understand what you mean, because especially around this time of year is when you really start prepping for everything to come out, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'll say it feels weird because usually in September, I, and then also Ben typically are going to TIFF along with another movie genre, Jamie, and also Ashley Jane. And this year we won't be going, obviously, because it's a digital festival. Mm-hmm. But it's weird because there's only going to be about 50 films there. And normally they show over 300. So yeah. it's definitely going to feel odd, I feel, as fall comes. And there's just not many new movies to watch. But luckily we have a bunch of old stuff that we can catch up on. So Absolutely. I guess... And that's, that's been the, the um, you know, I don't want to say like finding good things in the, in the pandemic, but I will say right. that part of my brain that's like, look, maybe new stuff needs to just like take a break and not come out for a while so I can keep watching old stuff that has actually happened. And I've at least made good on that. Like, I think I've watched over 300 movies so far this year, which is... That's great. Yeah. That's about as many as I usually watch in a full year. You know what sure. I mean? Like, I'm usually like a movie a day kind of. 
um, pace. And I think I'm at like 40 movies a month, which is obviously more than one a day. So, right. um, but I'm not trying to like hit any particular mark or like, I'm not trying to pressure myself into watching certain things other than like, I want to watch movies that I've purchased that I haven't watched yet. Uh, but I'm still trying to just sort of follow, follow my own flow, if that makes sense. Yeah. And the other thing I, I've noticed too, with you know, the pandemic going on, indie movies, though, have continued to be released, which has been kind of interesting, I feel, because I feel now more people are getting to see them, where they're not getting lost, to your point, with these bigger blockbusters that normally, I feel, really fall on people's radar. So that's kind of been nice, too. You're You kind of are able to catch up with old stuff, but then also get some of these smaller movies seen. So, yeah, I haven't been as good with that. There's definitely, I think there's like four or five 2020 movies that I definitely need to catch up with. Okay. Um, But like, as there's, as new stuff continues to not come out, I feel less and less like, you know, I just haven't had that moment of like, oh, I have these things to catch up on. I'm like, oh, like it'll be on, like I have Hulu, it'll be on Hulu when I right. get to it. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Speaking of watches, what is your flick pick for this week? So my flick pick is a movie that I didn't even aware existed until um, I believe it was october of 2018 when friends of the show dan and garrett of i like to movie movie and cinema 76 uh went through the entire franchise and that is psycho 2 oh yes um so then i purchased a blu-ray set that has all four of the original franchise it doesn't have the gus van sant remake uh, right (laughs) Um, but I'd only ever seen the first one and I'd only seen that even maybe a year or two before that. Uh, cause I think we did it for shame files, but, um, so yeah, I really wasn't aware that there was a psycho two, let alone that it was good. And I think psycho two is one of the best horror sequels, especially for an entry number two. Cause I feel like a lot of the long running slasher franchises, like, the second one usually isn't great. Like the first one has a cool hook to it and then they kind of can't figure out what to do. So it's mostly like part two, like the killer is back and he just sort of keeps going. Like Halloween two is kind of like, it's, it's fine. Um, But then they get more inventive later. But what I think is cool about psycho two is that it plays on your expectations around what a psycho sequel would be like. So it, you know, starts with Norman getting released from, psychiatric care and like you're expecting him to like immediately relapse and start killing people right Mm -hmm. and spoiler um for a movie that came out in 1983 he doesn't actually kill anybody the entire movie yeah and i think what's also interesting about the second one is you really feel sorry for norman Mm -hmm. uh because i obviously to me in the first one he he is a sympathetic character to me you know obviously he's very troubled and he's dealing with a lot of mental illness things Mm -hmm. but the second one i feel you really feel sorry for him because yeah you're right he is trying to be better you know and clearly it seemed like he did get some help 
and he doesn't want to relapse, like that's not his goal, you know, like when he gets out, he really just wants to live a quote unquote normal life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, I agree with you. Like, I think it's a great sequel. Yeah. And the first one, you know, like I would say the first one, the villain is mother, which we then learn is a side of Norman. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I think in the sequel, you know, Norman is very much the victim. Like he is being tormented by these two women and, you know, as revenge for what happened in the first film. And, you know, the way that it sort of plays on that expectation, I think is just really, it's just, it was really fascinating. And it sort of kept me on my toes watching it. Like I wasn't sure where it was going to end up. Yeah. And it's interesting that you said about, you know, I think that there's a lot of people that don't even know about the sequels. And I believe it's the third one, but I think Anthony Perkins directed it. Yeah, and he's really he's really great as Norman. Like you said, he is really sympathetic, but also scary at the same time, which is cool. Yes. Um, you know, kind of like a Frankenstein type character in a way. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so I definitely look forward to going through uh, the other the other two sequels, uh, which I'm sure I will over the next week or so. But uh, I definitely wanted to get out there and recommend Psycho 2 to everybody listening to the show. Yeah, and I, I did just pull it up on his IMDb, and it was Psycho 3 he directs. So I'll be curious to hear what you think of that after you watch it. Definitely. I will make sure I share with you. So as for me, uh, this past weekend, I watched the 1941 film I Wake Up Screaming, which is a film noir starring Carol Landis, Betty Grable, and Victor Mature. And I had been meaning to watch this movie for quite some time, and I recently decided to examine it for my other podcast, Cinematic Crypt. And as you know, on the show, I will pick a Hollywood cadaver and then uncover one of their films. So what was interesting is I originally thought I would be looking at this film and dissecting the performance of Carol Landis. However, after watching it, I realized it's actually Betty Grable who really like owns this movie. So I'm actually going to corpse swap because... (laughs) I feel like Betty Grable has the stronger role, um, but they're both equally great, um, her and Carol. But basically, the movie opens with a dead body, and it's the corpse of Vicki Lynn, played by Carol Landis. And through like a police interrogation, you learn that Frankie Christopher, played by Victor Mature, picked up Vicki at like a diner in New York City, and basically on a dare, um, was trying to turn her into like this glamour, like star. Uh, So it's kind of interesting. Uh, Obviously, Frankie ends up being blamed for her murder. So you kind of are going through this movie, trying to figure out like who actually did murder her. Um, Now, unfortunately, you know, 
that's where I was saying about Carol Landis, like she's not in it that much because she plays the person that dies. So, you know, that was kind of surprising to me because when you pull up like anything about the movie and even actually pulling up her IMDb page, this is the movie that like she's most known for. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So I am going to pick her um, again to feature on the crypt, but from a different film. Uh, so you'll have to listen in and, you know, find out. Definitely. What I I'm looking forward to it. I wake up screaming. Um, and for those of you out there who have not listened to Rosie's other podcast, I definitely recommend it. Um, so just in case a, a slightly less biased endorsement <laughs> than from Rosalie herself, but I definitely recommend checking out uh, cinematic crypt. Oh, sorry. I didn't hear you. Cause it, it seemed like you were lost and now you came back. Oh, um, I was just recommending your podcast to people. So hold on a second. Sure. Okay. It. It says I'm reconnected, but now you're gone. Oh, I can hear you fine. Okay, you're back now. All right. So I don't know what you... Did you, like, hear everything I said? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Yeah, and then I was recommending people listen to The Crypt if they haven't listened to it. Oh, yeah. And thank you. And also, I wanted to mention before we go on to the question, if you are interested in watching I Wake Up Screaming, it is on archive.org for free. I've started going on to that site because there's quite a number of films, especially if they're in public domain, that are on there and they're pretty good quality. So if you're looking for something older, you might want to check out archive.org. Yeah, I um, there, there was a movie that's on there that I have been meaning to watch. So it's, you know, it, it's a very good resource, especially like I said, if you're interested in um, older movies, like especially anything from uh, before the 1930s. Um, yeah, there's a lot of silence on there, and you can download them too. So if you wanted to download it, like we actually use the um, Plex app. So Ben will download the film and then and then stream it to our TV so that we're able to watch it there rather than on the computer. Very cool. Yeah. So are you ready for this week's question? I am. Okay. Dear I Saw in a Movie, I have recently come into money and I need inspiration to renovate my dream home. What are some great movie homes I can look to for inspiration? Lucky Lenny. So when I read the question initially, I first thought that Lucky Lenny would need to decide, like, does he want to get a fixer-upper where, you know, you transform the house into your dream, or if you want to get something that's move-in ready. But then I also wasn't sure if maybe he was trying to renovate his own home. Like, what did you think? Yeah, so I didn't quite get that deep with it. (laughs) <laughs> but I mainly thought of what are movie homes that either you could buy or build a house that was like it, or you could draw inspiration from to renovate. So I kind of, I, I'm leaving it up to Lenny to decide what he okay. wants to do. Yeah. Um, the only reason I, I guess I brought it up is because I remember when Ben and I were house hunting and, you know, we ended up getting a fixer upper. Basically, you know, our house was completely 
decorated in like old lady. Mm-hmm. We've slowly been getting rid of that decor. And we actually now only have one room that still has popcorn ceiling in it. <laughs> and we've been here, I guess, for over 10 years at this point. Uh, so that was something that was going through my mind because I think initially we were both all about like, oh, we're going to turn this into our you know, dream castle. But it takes a long time to do that. And it you does. get tired. And Lenny, I mean, Lenny has money on his side. Yeah. Um, He's lucky. Exactly. Um, Like when my wife and I were shopping for our home, we immediately, our first thing was like, it needs to be move-in ready. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I just, like, we're not, I just don't have the skills to trust myself to do big projects. Like I can handle little projects, but anything that's more um, intricate than painting or, you know, fixing something up that's already there, you know what I mean? Um, Yeah, I I feel like for Ben and I, like initially, we did a lot of things on our own. And then over the past few years, we've run into a couple incidents where we've had to do like exterior work. mm -hmm. And that that will drain your bank account, like a roof, you know, Mm -hmm. costs a lot of money. So then it kind of put other projects inside on hold. And now we're at the point where the things that need to get done, like a bathroom, we cannot do. Like we Mm -hmm. need to call somebody in to do it. So, yeah, I mean, there are definitely times where I'm like, we should have just got something that was move in ready. But then you do get a sort of like pride and like joy out of completing projects. And I do like when we make things look you know, like we wanted and imagined it to be. So like you get, there's kind of, I think, positives to each side, but Lenny will have to decide. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, the the two homes that I want to mention, I think yes. both speak to different, or maybe a similar part. I can, let, I can let the listener decide that, but they speak to, one is I picked for the house itself and one I picked for the way in which it's decorated. Okay. Um, so... The house that I picked for its interior design um, is because is the home that the Parr family moves into in The Incredibles 2. Okay. I haven't um, seen I don't know that. if you saw that. No. I'm sorry. I haven't okay. seen that movie, but I've seen the first one. Yeah. And so the, the first one, um, the whole, the movie's aesthetic is very mid-century modern, which is my favorite aesthetic. Um, so I know on a, I think on our first episode, we talked about down with love, like that very also much fits in with my mm -hmm. aesthetic. And in the first film, they live in a, a sort of mid-century modern suburban home. In the second film, they move into a mid-century modern style, um, mansion. Basically it's like up on a hill. It has a water feature running through the living room. Um, the couches, and television, and all kinds of things are controlled with a panel of buttons on the wall. Um, not dissimilar to stuff that's in Down With Love, which I also thought about for this, but because we already talked about it, I was like, I need to pick <laughs> something else. <laughs> right. Um, and so, like, that's an aesthetic that I really like. I really like a lot of sort of, like, wood. Um, you know, wood m- matched with bright fabrics and, um, you know, has a huge window and everything. So it's... You know, 
it's an animated film so you can there's no budget that they need to make a bigger you know literal dream house um but if i was either renovating a home or you know looking for a home mid-century modern is always close to my mind yeah i i too like that like wood paneling i think it's pretty neat i also recently have found myself liking wallpaper Hmm. Which it's funny because when we moved in and obviously, again, I mean, it was pure like old lady selections that were made for the house, but like a lot of floral prints, which are not my cup of tea. But I I have seen where people have maybe wallpapered like one wall as like an accent. Mm-hmm. And I really like that, like with the paint. Especially, you know, if you get like kind of a wild wallpaper print and then like you just do it for one wall, it actually like it's not, I feel like, too overwhelming. No, I, I agree with you. I like the the wallpaper accent wall because surrounded by a print w- can be a lot. Um, yeah. If it's an entire room, it can be very claustrophobic. Yes. Yeah. But I, I like the idea of the accent for sure. Yeah, so it's something I've definitely been thinking about because one of our next projects in the house is going to be the kitchen. And I was like, oh, it'd be cool to just do like one wall with like a cool wallpaper, which actually brings me, should I go into one of my home choices? Because I actually picked three. Oh, awesome. (laughs) Yeah, so we can bounce back and forth. Okay, well... This actually works out with one of your flick picks um, from earlier. The um, I picked the Norman's home in Psycho. So I love the Bates house, uh, especially like the way that it's shown in the TV series. I don't know if you ever watched Bates Motel, but essentially Bates Motel is like a prequel to the movies. So like his mom is still alive and they're both living in the house. Have you watched the show before? Uh, I have not, but I have heard good things, actually, so. Yeah, and I love how they, like, I love in the show you actually get to go inside the house and, like, see, like, the different rooms and the kitchen. And his mother, Norma, has, like, a very vintage style, like, very kitschy and retro. Like, Mm -hmm. I love everything she does with the house, like, the furniture, she has this huge like formica kitchen table in their kitchen and that's the other thing that i find is so important to a house is ben and i both really like to cook so like a kitchen is very important it needs to be very open and big and have space uh when we lived in an apartment we had such a tiny kitchen and that was something when we were looking at houses we're like it needs a big kitchen And I feel like we were lucky with finding the house we did because in Philadelphia, especially in the city, you don't tend to find houses with large kitchens. That's true. It's a lot of like galley kitchens. Like I remember uh, my grandmother grew up in Port Richmond and her kitchen was very tiny. Like there was just enough space for a kitchen table. Uh, And then the other side of the kitchen was like, you know, maybe four feet away and was all, you know, counter and everything was fit in there. And then my um my other grandparents were living in society hill and they had a kitchen that was maybe i want to say five feet deep total by like three and a half feet like it was like small 
but it was like off the dining room and like everything was cramped in there. It was very, like, you couldn't really have more than you could have like one person all the way in the back of the kitchen and then one person like on the other side. <laughs> right. Um, and so, no, I, the kitchen in our home is the one thing that we compromise on because we wanted a big kitchen, but it's fairly small, but we make the most of the space. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it, it's funny. My honorable mention house, I, I want to mention here actually because of the kitchen. And this is like easily, I think the most bougie choice, <laughs> um, but I have to give a shout out to Meryl Streep's house in Nancy Myers. It's complicated. Okay. Have you seen this movie? I have not. No. Okay. So this kitchen, I mean, every kitchen in a Nancy Myers movie is amazing, but this kitchen is completely open. It's like the size, it's her kitchen is like bigger than my dining room and living room put together, it seems like. <laughs> and there's tons of counter space. It's all open. Like it's a kitchen that you can hang out in. And, you know, all the like pots and pans are like hanging on racks above. Um, and it just, it's the perfect kitchen for entertaining because you can actually do all the cooking and have a bunch of people in the kitchen with you, you know, just having a good time, listening to music, making good conversation. And, uh, it leads out to like a gorgeously landscaped backyard. Oh, and nice. it's like, I can just live in those two rooms, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and be totally fine. So if you're ever looking for kitchen inspiration, uh, definitely go to Nancy Myers. She's been posting pictures of her kitchen on her Instagram um, wow. since the pandemic started. And I highly recommend, uh, highly recommend it. Well, one of my second choices for homes, and obviously with picking the Psycho House, I really do love older houses because I, I just like the way that they were built and especially like the wood floors and the nice huge staircases. So the second house I picked was from the 1944 film, The Uninvited. And this is, this just like has a home. It's basically like a mansion, but it sits atop of a cliff overlooking this beautiful lake. And it's a house that has just a lot of character. And especially within the film, I feel it gets utilized in that way. So many of the rooms have like these huge high ceilings and the best part about it is it comes with a ghost so <laughs> there's a ghost in the house and I think that would have to be so cool to like you have a house with the with the soothing sounds of the lake and then you also have a specter friend what do you think I mean it's rare that you get a house that comes with companionship right um, so I think, you know, I would live in a haunted house if I knew that the ghost had good intentions. Um, well, I guess you know, that's I can, a good point. Like, right. you don't I can tolerate mischief. Right. Or like silly pranks, like mm -hmm. things like that. But you don't want it like hurting you. <laughs> right. I do not want to buy the poltergeist house. That did not make my list. No, no, not at all. Like, and I mean, well, the problem with the ghost in this movie is she's not trying to hurt anyone, but she's troubled. So once like they figure out how to help her, like they have a seance, which that's also important. Like to me is I love, again, like big open rooms. And so they have a seance at this house and then they help her like find her way. 
And I think, you know, like your, to your point, you don't want a ghost that's like out to harm you or anyone coming over to your home. Agreed. Agreed. But uh, again, a ghost friend, all, always down for that. Yeah. And actually thinking about this house too, you were mentioning like entertaining. I think that's an important thing to remember too. Like in the uninvited, like I was saying that the rooms are so open that it's just very welcoming to like having parties and people over. And I think that's something too, you have to think about, like, that's what we liked about our house that we're in now is that like, it's very inviting when you come in because we do like to entertain and have people over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's definitely an important part of any house. I also like to, you know, have people over and, the nice part about hosting is that when the party's over, you can just go to bed. You don't have to drive home. Um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, like and so I, I agree. Something that's warm and welcoming um, is definitely, I, I think, a huge part of it. Um, so my my third house pick, mm-hmm. this is the house that, like, if I were handed a blank check to buy a house, I would strongly consider purchasing the real-life version of this house because this was not a soundstage this was a real house that they used for filming oh um it is the home of edward cullen and his family in the 2008 movie twilight um Wait, as in the vampire movie as in the vampire movie <laughs> oh my god um rosalie this house is incredible um I have not okay. seen these films, so okay. I'm going. I'm going to summarize. Take the your house. word for it. I'm going to send you a picture of it okay. because I did save a picture. Um, so it's out in Portland, Oregon. Um, the house is like raised up on like pillars. Like there is a first floor, but the main part of the house is the second floor. Um, and it's like has like it's all wood. Has a really mm-hmm. nice balcony that's like right in the trees it has huge windows and like again i don't know what the surrounding environment is for the house in real life but in the movie uh, they can see deep deep into the woods while being in their house um and the inside is very modern very clean you know kind of minimalist uh, which i appreciate um but it's the combination of i love the idea of a secluded house in the woods but i also really like modern mid-century type styles and i think this is the perfect combination of those two things at least for me Mm -hmm. yeah i i mean i saw the picture you sent over the house looks amazing but i probably will not watch that film i like those movies a lot um the (laughs) first one surprising to me the first one um is directed by katherine hardwick and the lighting in that movie is actually incredible for capturing what it feels like in the cloudy Pacific Northwest. Don't um, the vampires have glitter? They don't have glitter. They sparkle in the sunlight. Oh my God. Instead of, you know, exploding like in near dark or something. But uh, I am a fan of all five of these movies. Five? Um, there are there five of them. Th- I thought there was like three. Um, there's four books and they split the last book into two movies and that is so many the last two are probably my favorite because one of them is a body horror movie about pregnancy and then the other one has like a crazy like battle 
between all of these vampires where they also have like super like each one of them also has like a superpower like one of them can sort of see the future you know they're all really strong whatever these movies are totally fun i think they are unfairly maligned by a lot of people because they are of the interest of teenage girls and i think that we as a society even though teenage girls are absolutely trendsetters we always dismiss the things that they like um i think the series is i would put it on par with many other many like superhero films of the last like 15 years you know what i mean because you're not going because like the story is predictable you know what i mean the filmmaking is fine but it's there's something about you know there's something about that sort of speaks to a generation of people and i think they're they're really interesting. And like I said, they're mostly really fun. Like there's only, only the second one is what I would say outright bad. That movie has a lot of eye rolling lines and that's, it's high melodrama for sure. But Mm -hmm. I think they all offer something of interest. I think you should write a piece about these films. I probably should. Um, (laughs) Maybe, maybe this October I'll revisit them all and write a, and write a long piece about why I enjoy. I've not read the books, I will say, um, but at least wow. these movies. I can't I believe enjoy you didn't read the books. Yeah, I don't feel like I need to. Oh, see, like when I get into something, I I need all of it. Like I read the book, I get the movies. Everything. Well, my wife did read the books as they were coming out, and she was like, "No, I don't think you need to read the books." Like I think she actually prefers the movies. Oh, okay. Uh, which is unlike something like Harry Potter, where I would definitely recommend, you know, people who like the movies that haven't read the books to go and read the books because there's a lot more stuff in them. But I think to paraphrase her, I think they took the best, like, you know, they adapted the storyline. Sure. So I think they added some stuff and they made some changes well, that kind of. Um, clearly, I mean, they stretched a whole other movie out. Well, that last book is like, I want to say it's like six or seven hundred pages. A doorstop. Yes. I mean, it's YA, but still. Well, I don't know if I'll ever watch these, but who knows? Never say never, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So my last pick for a residence would be Dr. Carruthers' Castle in the Devil Bat. And essentially this story it stars Bella Lugosi and he plays this doctor that creates formulas in his laboratory. And he ends up concocting these killer vampire bats that are attracted to these like lotions that he creates. So when people like apply the lotion to their neck or like on their hands, what have you, the bat is attracted to it and then it attacks the person. And I love his castle because for one, there's secret passageways, which I just think are so cool. And I don't understand why more homes don't have secret passageways and tunnels so that when people are over and you want to hide, you can easily get away. Of course. I also really like his laboratory it's very sophisticated it's very open so he has the space to conduct his experiments properly because to your point i don't like when rooms are so small like a kitchen should not be small Mm -hmm. you know because 
yeah, you're usually not in there alone cooking. There's either, you know, maybe somebody else is helping you or like guests are trying to get in to like grab a drink or something like that. And I, I, I don't like when I go to someone's house and the room is small because <laughs> it makes right. me feel very uncomfortable. Uh, but yeah, I, I love this castle, even though I'd imagine it would be extremely drafty. Uh, it reminded me, though, you probably want to make sure like you have a fireplace because or several fireplaces. Yeah, because that's something, unfortunately, we don't have in our current home. But I keep saying to Ben, you know, wherever we end up next, I would love a fireplace because I think they're really cool. I enjoy any house that or castle that has a fireplace that is in two rooms at the same time. Okay. So like it's like I know cut what out. You mean. Yeah. And the cha- yeah. Um, like a shared wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's very fun. I agree with you with uh secret passages. I'm also really uh I think it's really funny that unprompted and without coordinating, we both ended up basically with vampire movies. Yes. Um except I think mine is the more superior vampire. I mean if you're saying Bela Lugosi over Robert Pattinson, I yes. guess I would take that for sure. But um, <laughs> it's no question. But but I do think that monsters often have great homes, and I think they that do. vampires, where you can accumulate wealth over, if you're not as lucky as Lenny, and you could you can accumulate wealth over your many lifetimes to build your perfect dream home for which to keep your coffin. Yeah, I I agree. Vampires, they do live well. But to your point, I guess they have the time to accumulate the wealth. It's long-term investment. Yes, probably through investments and good banking. Mm -hmm. Um, I did want to just make one honorable mention, Home. Uh, You don't really get to see into it, so that's why I didn't make it as a selection. But I really do like doc brown's mansion uh when in back to the future when marty goes back to 1955 Mm -hmm. i almost included that yeah it it actually looks a lot like the twilight home you sent in the sense of like the wooded paneling like outside the Mm -hmm. home and on the exterior but that house it just always looks so interesting to me when marty is approaching it and it also is another home that has a really cool laboratory of where Doc like does his experiments and like coming up with his ideas for inventions. So I did want to mention that, but it's a shame you don't really get to go inside the house. Right. I think you only see like two rooms. Like you see where he lets Marty in and then you see like right. the lab. Yeah, and and his garage, I guess, is like where the lab is. You're right. You don't really see much more beyond that. Uh, I was going to also mention the mansion in Clue. Um, That's a good one, too. Because that does have secret passages. I didn't ultimately include it because it's not a house I would necessarily want to live in, just because it's a little more opulent. I feel like I'd have to hire a maid and a cook um it's an estate yeah yeah it's a lot of a whole team of people yeah a gardener right then you have to worry about them murdering you and it's a lot (laughs) yes 
Yes, I agree. And I don't know that house though. I like it to your point. Like I totally would want to go to a party at the clue house and like hopefully not get murdered, but it doesn't look very inviting and like comfy to me. Mm -hmm. Like whereas like most of Bella's castles featured in his films, it's like, Oh, I could live here. It's comfy. Maybe it's the fireplace. Like just seems warm and inviting. And the, the, the soft violin musics drifting through the yes. corridors. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, before we sign off, don't forget that you can find a breakdown of the episodes on moviejohn.com, where you can also subscribe to our quarterly print movie zine, which is now shipping out. Uh, this issue features films of the carnival, circus, and state fairs. So please make sure to visit moviejohn.com shop to subscribe for home delivery. You can follow the show on social media. We are on Twitter at I Saw It In A Movie. And if you're seeking advice, send us your questions to dearisawitinamovie at gmail.com. Also, if you like sending postal mail, you can write us a letter at P.O. Box 20172. Philadelphia, PA, 19145, Attention Movie John. And Ryan, where can people find you at? Sure, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd and Instagram at SilverWhatever, that's with a B. Uh, you can also find uh, my other two podcasts, the Shame Files podcast, where uh, we watch movies that we haven't seen before um, that are on our list of shame. Uh, or F yeah F one my Formula One podcast uh, wherever your whatever your podcast app of choice is you should be able to search for those and find them. Cool, and you can find me on Instagram at the dot or Twitter at bonjour old sport. Also check out my other podcast that I was mentioning earlier, Cinematic Crypt, in which I go six feet under to uncover films of Hollywood's past. Find it wherever you catch your pods, or again, you can download at moviejohn.com under MJ Pods. So before we go, uh, do you have a piece of advice for our listener, Ryan? I do. And this is from the first Twilight movie, uh, when Edward has invited Bella over to his house for the first time. She's nervous about meeting his family. And he says, so you're worried, not because you'll be in a house full of vampires, but because you think they won't approve of you. And he laughs at her. And so, you know, I would say, don't be afraid um, for other someone else's approval when you go to their home. Just be concerned that they might be a vampire. This is so, like, eye-opening to me that you love this <laughs> series. Like, like, I will admit, part of me wants to watch it just to see why you like it. But then the other part of me is like, now. That's how I feel about Matilda. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> so my piece of advice is compliments of Norman Bates. And he says, I couldn't do that. Who would look after her? The fire in her fireplace would go out. It would be cold and damp up there like a grave. And this reminded me, like I was saying earlier, that you should try to find a house with a fireplace. Because on those cold winter nights... You want to be warm, and you don't want it to feel like a cold crypt. Right. Graves are for the basement, Norman. Right. 
He yeah. should know that better than anybody. Yeah, so get a fireplace and be warm. Well, thanks for listening, everyone out there. And until next time, remember, for every question, there is a movie with the answer. Goodbye. Bye-bye.